Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. Good morning on Palm Sunday from Oceans Church, our empty building. But I'm just telling you, I've been praying this week. Rochelle and I have had some of our best prayer times in the last uh, almost 15 years of marriage. This year will be 15 years. Isn't that crazy? So amazing. 15 years of marriage. And uh, we had some phenomenal times as a family praying. I want to encourage you during this time, allow, allow being in in quarantine together to, to be times not only that you're watching TV together, but you're spending time going after God together. So, yeah, we're so excited, all the things that are going on right now. And one of the things our community is so pumped about is we're actually joining with churches and leaders all over America and the world. And uh, it's called uh, Unite714.com that we're actually praying as a not just a local church, but really as the body of Christ and we're asking God out of Second Chronicles chapter 7. It just says that things begin to shift and begin to change when believers begin to call on God. And so that's what we want to do. Today, as we, uh, we enter into this service, uh, I want to just pray this morning uh, that literally as we pray collectively together, we're joining with people all over the world. And if you want to check it out again, you can go to Unite714.com. And we're going to continue to pray as the church that God, I don't believe, listen, I don't believe that God caused this. But I do believe that God is powerful enough to stop this. And that's a, that's a distinct difference between causing something and having the power to bring it to an end. And so that's what we're praying as a church is that God will bring this COVID-19, this whole season, that's like an episode out of the twilight zone, to an end. Uh, so it is Palm Sunday today as we get ready to open up our Bibles. If you're new today, you're tuning in. Here at Oceans Church, we believe that you can enjoy God. We believe it's okay to have a sense of humor. That when you become a believer in God, you don't have to amputate your, your personality. You, you don't have to get rid of your, your ability to laugh. The Bible actually says laughter does good like medicine. So I know we're in serious days right now. There's a lot of weighty things happening every day and sad things that are happening. But my hope today is that we can continue to bring life and joy to those that are tuned in. So uh, if you're watching it and you're, and you're new to our community, I'm going to open up the Bible today. I'm going to turn to two passages. One is in actually uh, Genesis chapter 41. And then I'm going to turn to Psalms chapter 40 if you want to get your Bibles ready to go. And I want to just read a few verses this morning to you, probably about six or seven verses this morning. And then I'm going to pray. And after I pray, I usually tell a story. If people laugh at the story, we call it a joke. And if it's no laughter, we just kind of keep plowing along. But what we're going to do is uh, we're going to read a few verses. And here's the deal. We believe that God can speak through many ways. He can speak in dreams. He can speak in visions. He can speak to you through a person. If you're married, come on, your spouse. But we do believe that God's predominant, most consistent way of speaking is through his word. And so uh, we're going we're gonna to read his word today. And I believe that everything we read, God is going to breathe on. I know it's Palm Sunday. I will get into a Palm Sunday type of message at the end. If you want a traditional Palm Sunday message from start to finish, you can go on our podcast and listen to last year's. But I really feel like God gave me a message that's a now word for not only our church, but really just people all over the world. And it's going to encourage you. And even if you're atheist, you're agnostic, you don't believe what we believe, I believe that today's message will still add value and it'll add hope and courage to your life. So uh, as we tune in this morning, uh, let's open up our Bibles and let's get, get started this morning in Genesis chapter 41. I'm going to read about a guy named Joseph and uh, really three characters I felt like God wanted me to talk about today. 
uh, Joseph being one of them, Daniel being the second character, and then the third one is Jesus. And uh, so we'll talk about all that. I want to just stop for a moment and say, wasn't last Sunday incredible? Christine Kane was with us at our building. Uh, unbelievable message. If you missed it, I really encourage you to go back to last week, listen to that message. Christine, we love you. We're so grateful for your ministry, A21 and Propel Women. And it was just it was a special time. So good days, good days, good days. We're in. So uh, let's get into our Bible this morning. Genesis chapter 41. I want to read this morning uh, again about a guy named Joseph and a little, little bit of context here. Uh, if, you're, if you've never read the story, this is not Joseph, Jesus, uh, Carpenter, uh, earthly father. This is actually Joseph in the Old Testament. This is actually one of the 12 sons of Israel and uh, one of the patriarch families. So Joseph, we find, is a uh, 17-year-old young man. He has a dream from God, kind of like Rapunzel and Tangle. And uh, he has this incredible dream that one day he would be promoted, elevated, and be a leader in the world. And his brothers despise him. He ends up going through not one year, two years, five years, even 10 years. But he goes through 13 years of opposition. 13 years. And after 13 years, we'll summarize this a little bit in a second, but essentially he went from a pit his family threw him into to a enslavery issue that he's serving a general in the Egyptian military to literally being accused falsely of a crime he didn't commit. Now he's in not only a prison, he's in the king's prison, he's in a political prison, and he's, uh, he's been enslaved for, for years at this point, years that's where we pick up reading this morning. After 13 years, we pick up reading in chapter 41, verse 14. It says that after 13 years, essentially, verse 14, Pharaoh sent and called for Joseph. And they brought him out quickly out of the dungeon. I love that God has a sense of humor. After 13 years, he would have the audacity to use the word quickly. Quickly brings him out of the dungeon, and they gave him a shave, and they changed his clothing. And so they came to Pharaoh. He brought him to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. But I have heard it said that you can understand the dream, and you can interpret it. Watch the humility that's found in Joseph after 13 years of opposition. Joseph's answer was, it is not in me, but God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. So Pharaoh tells him the dream. Joseph answers the dream. And not only does he interpret the dream, he actually would give uh, calculated academic wisdom to know what to do, how to do it, and basically summarizes that there's going to be seven amazing years that's going to be the greatest years in history, and there's going to be seven of the worst years of famine and trials that's ever hit the earth. And he gave him a plan and a strategy, and it says in verse 37 that the advice was good in the eyes of the king, Pharaoh, and the eyes of all of his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find anyone such as this man in whom is the spirit of God? I love this. It goes on. It says in that moment that they would actually promote this guy, this 30-year-old young man from literally a slave to the prime minister in probably a 60-minute window of a conversation. And I want to, I wanna, again, I felt like the Lord put this message so strong in my heart. And I want to talk to you today. Two weeks ago, I talked about buoyant faith. God gave me a message in this time of challenge and turbulence that I want to talk to you this morning about buoyant favor. 
buoyant favor. And I do believe that we're in a season that, yes, there's opposition, there's challenges, there's sickness, there's things going on in the world. But it does not negate the fact that we serve a God that can cause us to float even when other things are sinking. And I love the story because I want to talk to you today. My subtitle for you is, is this Pit Stops. Psalms chapter 40, verses 1 and 4. Watch what it says here. David writes, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined his ear to me, and he heard my cry. Watch this. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock, and he established my steps. He's put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. I want to talk to you this morning about pit stops. Let's pray real fast. We'll get, we'll get jumping into this thing. Father, I just want to say thank you for everyone that's tuned in. I ask you that, Lord, that your presence is not limited to time and a space, but I believe that even now on Palm Sunday that you would invade living rooms, televisions, computers, cell phones, and that, God, even now your, your sweet, awesome presence, Holy Spirit, would begin to fill our environments that we're in right now. I pray that you give us a word that's in season, and I thank you that, God, you would edify, you'd encourage, and you would build your church. God, we thank you the greatest days of our lives, the greatest days of our families, and the greatest days of our church are still ahead of us. We love you, and we thank you, God, that you're going to give us faith that floats in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen, amen. Anybody uh, been on a road trip before, road trips? Road trips. I don't know. Some people hate road trips. I like road trips. There's something about... A uh, full tank of gas, uh, fresh oil change, new tires. I feel invincible. I feel like I could do anything. And uh, it's just exciting. It's exhilarating. I don't know what it is. I think all men, uh, the male species as a whole, pretty much has two general rules of travel. Is the first time you go somewhere cross country, the, as, a, as a man, my goal is to log a time that's worth logging. I want to make great time. My goal is to prove the Google Maps time wrong. I turn into Paul Walker from Fast and the Furious. I start driving like I stole something. And I'm in a hurry to get there. I want to get there as fast as I can. I want to get there as soon as I can. And, and then it's crazy because I had all these records driving from California to Idaho and California to Colorado. And I'm not even going to share some of my times because it was, it was a bad stewardship of life. But... I remember driving, uh, you know, just ra- rapidly through over uh, through countrysides, and my goal was always to do it as fast as I could. You told me to take 16 hours, I'm going to do it in 15 hours. And and it's funny, you get married, and then God starts to teach you patience, and you get kids, and then you start to really learn patience. But I don't know, man. Growing up, we we would take pit stops, but the only pit stops we would take growing up, when I was sitting in the back of our minivan, our Dodge Caravan. Driving cross country. My dad, I learned it from my dad. My dad would only stop to get gas. If you were hungry, if you had to use the bathroom, if you had to charge something, you better, you better use it during the six-minute fuel-up time because that is the only pit stop you're going to get between where you are and where you're going to end up. Only pit stop. And uh, I was thinking about pit stops, you know, uh, you know, with, with NASCAR, you watch racing, and they drive into the pits. And, and God began to speak to me this week on Palm Sunday. He started telling me that we're going through a season right now, and I really feel like this COVID-19, we're almost like in a season that God is allowing the entire world to enter into a pit stop. 
It's like the whole earth. doesn't matter your nationality, your, your religious pedigree. It doesn't matter what you believe or where you go or how much money you have. It's like the whole world, like a NASCAR race, has been flagged into the pits. And we're all pulled over. I started researching this. And, and pit stops are, are, are for servicing. They're for refueling. And they're, for, they're, they're, especially, uh, they're especially apropos during a race. During a race, it's for refueling, it's, it's for servicing, and it's, you know, you, you clean your windshield off. There's something about when you're going on a trip that you, you take a pit stop. When you're on a family pit stop, it's essentially a brief rest during a journey. And I want you to know that this is not a selected pit stop. This is kind of a self-inflicted, you know, it's like a forced pit stop in humanity right now that the whole world is shut down in many ways. And I started thinking this week, I started praying this week, and literally I, was, I, was, I heard the Holy Spirit say, Mark, uh, you're in a pit stop right now. And the body, e even the church at large is in a pit stop right now. And I feel like God is giving us a window of time to actually change the tires of our life, to change the oils, to actually fill up with things that we've been empty of. And that we would get so full during this time of pit this pit stop season that literally when it was finished, we'd have so much uh, clarity that we'd be so refocused and so reprioritized that when the, the, the flag comes out again and says, you can resume the race, there's people that the church is going to onboard in this next window of time that we are only able to reach because of the pit stop that we're going through right here, right now. I fundamentally believe that pits are never fun. I don't like pit stops. I don't like armpits. I don't like mosh pits. Man, I don't even like, I mean, I don't like any type of pits. The only pits I'm for are, come on, Brad pits. That's the only pit I care about. I like Brad pit. I don't like mosh pits. I don't like pit bulls. I don't like the rapper pit bull or the dog's pit bulls. I'm not into any pits. Pits are never enticing. They're never exciting. They're never fun. But I'll tell you this right now. In every major, some of the, some of the most uh, predominant, well-known, prominent figures in the Bible went through seasons and moments of low, low places. They went through pits. They went through challenges. They, they went through highs and they went through lows. Palm Sunday is crazy because on one Sunday, seven days prior, the world is chanting Hosanna and giving him palm branches. And then uh, just a matter of five days, the same crowd is saying, crucify him. How can you go from the top of the world to the bottom of the earth in five days? I want you to know that throughout history, there has been people that have navigated pits. David said, who was chased, he was a fugitive. He was, he was the most wanted man in the whole world. And over and over again, as his, as his adversary chased him down, he pinned some of the most beautiful literature in our Bible, in the book of Psalms, about how God is a God that rescues us out of pits, sets us in a broad place, puts a solid rock under our feet. And I believe this morning, as you're watching, that we are in a season right now, it is a pit stop. We're going through a pit season. And many people go, Mark, is God bad because we're going through a pit? And I want you to know that God is not a bad God. I have some points today I want to share with you. And I really want to look at the life of three people to illustrate these points. But if you're taking notes today, I just have five points that I want, to, I want you to write down. And here's the first point is I want you to know that pit doesn't matter who you are, where you are, how much you do or don't have, how many people know your name or follow you on social media. Listen to me. Pit, number one, it happens. 
Now, I won't, I won't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be careful here because I, I can control myself. I can get funny right now. Pit happens to everybody. P-I-T, it happens. And many people think, Mark, well, if you go through something bad, it's because you're a bad person. And if a nation goes through something bad, it's because we're a bad nation. And again, there may be truth in statements like this, but I want you to know that Job was a righteous man. And everything in his life fell apart, not because he was bad, but because he lived in a bad, fallen world. I want you to know we don't serve a bad God. We serve a God that actually gave humanity free will, and we're, we're eating the fruit of one man's decision to blow it for humanity. We live in a fallen world. Why would bad things happen to good people? Why would good things happen to bad people? Because we live in a flawed world. I want to remind you that we're not home yet. And don't gauge the perfection of God by a temporary life. We gauge the beauty of God by what heaven looks like, what heaven feels like, what heaven is like. And many people go, Mark, God can't be good because there's bad things in the world. Some people say there is no God. But the crazy part is, is if you have to acknowledge evil in the world, you also have to acknowledge the beauty in it. And to say there's bad things has to acknowledge that there's good things. And to say there's things in the world that are happening that are wrong is, it, come on, it's, not, it's just logical common sense to say something is evil. Things like rape, things like child abuse, things like, come on, you can ramble down the list. If something is evil, wicked, or wrong, why in the world do we have the capacity as human beings to have an internal moral compass that says, that's not right? If there's something that's not right, there must be something that is right. I love what Christine Kane said last week, you can only have good news if bad news exists. And we go through pits in our life. We go through challenges in our life. And it happens to everybody. It touches the rich. It touches the poor. It touches, it touches the athletic. It touches, the un- it touches everybody. Pit happens to everybody. In Genesis chapter 37, it says that Joseph, he was thrown into a pit by his brothers. Not only was he thrown into a pit by his brothers, after he was thrown into a pit by his brothers, he sold into slavery. We know the story. If you've read it, you can read it in the Genesis account. And after he spends some time in the bottom of a pit, it happened to him. He gets sold into slavery. God was with him. God caused him to elevate out of the pit. He caused him to, in, in, in slavery, he starts serving an Egyptian general in the military named Potiphar. Potiphar's wife has developed a crush on this good-looking new servant named Joseph. Joseph's probably in his early 20s at this point in his life, a teenager to early 20s. He's good-looking. He looks a little bit like the guy preaching today. Come on. Hey, i got to preach myself sometimes. And literally, Joseph, he has this, this moment that, that she actually, she accuses him of a crime that he's innocent of. And literally, his boss, this general in the Egyptian military, would actually kick him out of his house, put him into prison, not any prison. And here's the, here's the deal. Joseph had a dream that he would one day be a king. He would one day be in leadership in the world. And it's almost like he had a dream that one day I'm going to live at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. One day I'm going to be in the White House. And here he is, he actually ends up in the palace, but he's at the right address, but he's in the wrong location. He's not at the balcony terrace looking over the city. He's in the prison dungeon basement with all of the other political prisoners of, the, of Pharaoh. And I was thinking about this, that he is in a pit. He, he's in one pit, a physical, now he's in a palace pit. And it's wild that 13 years of opposition changed in one moment. When, as we read, Pharaoh goes, hey, I need somebody 
who has the ability to hear God's voice. I need somebody who actually can interpret a dream. Is there anyone in my kingdom that has that type of spirit? And I want you to know that if we leverage pits that we go through properly, pits will always, write this down, promote us. I fundamentally believe with every ounce of my being that, listen, if you're taking notes, pit happens to everybody. And here's what I want you to write down, point number two, is how long we go through the pit, we don't know. But what I know is greater than how long, question, is actually how we go through the pit. Right? I heard it said years ago, a pastor said, God chooses what we go through, but we choose how we go through it. Many people that are watching go, man, well, I have a bad attitude because there's bad circumstances. Well, I'm negative. Man, I'm bitter. I'm upset. I'm fearful because we live in fearful, bitter, cynical, angry times. I want you to know that what's happening around you doesn't have to get inside of you. Do you know that ships will continue to float as long as the water doesn't get on the inside of the ship? Ships were built to float even in the biggest waves. I was watching videos this week of kind of like the deadliest catch, and I was watching these crazy waves, typing it on YouTube, largest waves ever docked. It's a black hole. And as I'm watching these videos, I'm literally watching ships, these metal vessels go through 70, 80-foot waves. And listen, they continue to float as long as the outside doesn't get on the inside. And I don't know who you are today, but listen to me. You can't determine how long this pit is, but you can determine the climate and the atmosphere of your soul while you're going through it. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm fired up this morning because I want, I want to be as aggressive as fear is right now on the news. I want to be as aggressive with faith as the news has been with fear. And I want you to know that we live in, yeah, there's some scary things happening, but there is a God that's worthy to be trusted. I can't control what's on the outside, but I can control what's on the inside. Joseph made a decision that even though all this pit is happening around me, and here's the deal, NASCARs, right, they go into the pits, there's always a pit crew. You know what pit crews do? They actually take the tires off the car. Pit crews are the ones that actually, they fill up the the gas tank, they clean the windshield. You know what God will do? God is so sovereign that he'll use the most negative pit crews in your life. And he'll actually, in his sovereignty, bend COVID-19. He'll, he'll bend Judas Iscariot. He'll bend the religious leaders of the time. He'll, he'll bend Joseph's brothers. He'll bend Potiphar's lying wife. And he'll use them as a pit crew that puts you in a position that's getting ready to elevate you somewhere that you'll never go by yourself. This is the God that we serve, is that we don't choose how long we go through it. But if we respond in faith, I believe with all of my heart, that as we go through scary, unprecedented times, if we would choose our attitude to say, God, regardless of what happens, like Job. Job was not an unrighteous man. He was a righteous man. He said this phrase. He goes, look, God, everything's gone, but though you slay me, yet will I continue to trust you. I believe that when we respond the right way, favor continues to elevate us out. It continues to cause us to float when other things begin to sink. That's the kind of buoyant faith I'm talking about today is we serve a God that when we're going through pits, we're going through challenging times, we're in a pit stop. It happens to people. We can't choose how long, but we do decide how. Point three, I want you to write this down. I want you to know that no pits are final. God, listen, he doesn't cause pits, but he'll allow pits. And pits are never designed to capture you and to kill you. It's wild because Joseph spent time in a pit 
But it was wild that in one day, he gets out of these, these circumstances. He has one conversation that's probably 60 minutes. I almost titled this message today, 60 Minutes. And I started with a Barbara Walters interview. But I didn't. And I want you to know today that in probably a 60-minute window, this slave walks in who just got shaved, brand new clothes, and watch me, in 60 minutes, he goes from an inmate in the cellar to a prime minister in the palace. Only God can leverage what's negative, what's been against you. Listen, you're like, Mark, Joseph was favored, really? Yeah, favor doesn't mean you don't go through challenges. Favor, when you're favored by God, it means that God will leverage that opposition. He'll leverage the, 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 the hardships and the challenges and the suffering. God is the only one on earth that is qualified to leverage suffering and turn it into victory. We serve a God that turns crucifixions into resurrections. And I'm telling you today that you're like, Mark, this is, we're going through hell right now. Listen, God can turn beauty out of ashes. He's the only one that does this. So when you're going through a pit, I want to remind you that it's not final. It's not final. You're going to get through this. Mark my words. We will get through this. And here's what I want to, I want to just kind of, I want to get this kicking in your brain, is when the story of COVID-19 becomes a story that you tell, will it be a story worth telling? So many people are going to be so ashamed of how they acted in this time period. They were victims of fear. They were victims of panic. They were hoarders. They, were, they stopped being generous to their friends and family and churches. They're going to have stories of regret. They look back and go, man, in my opportune window of shining, I retreated instead of advancing. But that's not Ocean's Church. We're the type of people that when we go through pits, we realize that God can change everything in one minute. Do you realize that it's opposition that promotes you? I want, I'm reminded of a, of a young guy. He's, his name's David. He's a redhead homeschooler. Come on. Shout out to all the homeschool moms. He's a homeschooler, probably barefoot, hanging out with sheep. He's an he's a emo musician. He's working on his psalm, has a slingshot. And listen, he was an unknown shepherd boy with a dysfunctional family that had brothers that didn't care about him and a dad that overlooked him. When one day a giant a giant that was taunting the earth. A giant that was saying, God isn't good. God isn't real. God, your God is just a figment of your imagination. And the largest enemy in the world became actually the promoting element that God would use to take someone that was unknown and make him the most prominent name in the world. Do you know that one day, one moment, 60 minutes, God can take you from a nobody to notoriety when we respond to pits with faith. How do you know? Because Daniel was the same way. Daniel's only weakness is that he prayed every day and his enemies knew that that was the only vulnerable point that Daniel had. So as an old man, scholars say he was probably in his 80s or his 90s. In Daniel chapter 6, they actually throw, because they deceived the king, they throw an old man into a lion's pit, a lion's den. You know what it says in chapter, chapter 6, verse 16? They put him in the pit, but it says that God shut the mouths of the lions. I want you to write this down. God's favor doesn't prevent pits, but God's favor will keep you alive in the middle of pits. Daniel stayed the course. He was survived because, listen to me, the king was praying for Daniel while he was in the pit. 
And I want you to know that was under the old covenant. We're under a new covenant of grace. And right now we have a king that sits at the right hand of the throne of God. And like the king did in Daniel's day, God right now, Jesus right now, is praying for everyone watching this video. He's lifting up your name and your baby's names and your family's names and your marriage names. And he's saying this, I'm, I'm actually praying, God, deliver, come on, spare, have mercy, relent, come on, be with, elevate, protect Daniel, my son, my servant. The king told Daniel, your God will deliver you. And for 12 hours, listen, it wasn't 13 years. For Daniel, his pit lasted 12 hours. And from probably sun down to sun up, he's in a cave with lions. And some of you atheists might be saying, well, if that story is true, maybe the lions weren't hungry. Read the story. What you find out is, is the moment God brings Daniel out of the den alive, they throw his adversaries into that pit. And before those adversaries hit the bottom of it, it says every bone in their bodies was shattered and they were devoured before they touched the ground. These were not full lions. These were starving lions that were actually permitted, uh, prevented from attacking God's servant. Because listen to me, favor doesn't keep you from challenges, but it keeps you alive in moments of challenge. So today you're watching this and you're like, Mark, this is a challenging time. I want to say yes, it is. But there is a buoyant faith inside of you called the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will actually fill you with such a buoyancy that when everything around you wants to sink and your attitude wants to sink and your countenance wants to sink and you want fear to begin to well up inside of you, listen to me. We serve a God that even in challenging times will cause us to rise. He did it for Daniel. did it for Joseph. He'll do it for you. What do you know about this? I know this, that, that pit is not final. And here's what I know. Number four, pits are always designed to promote. God will leverage the pit. How do you know? Because it wasn't until Daniel came out of it and they threw his enemies into it that they realized these are not full lions. These are hungry lions that were literally stopped because God's favor was on Daniel. It says in chapter, 20, uh, chapter 6, verse 26, that Daniel literally had all of the leaders of the nation. The king made a decree. He said, hey, from now on, the God that kept this guy alive, this old man alive in this pit, this is the God that the world will honor. God used 12 hours of pit to make Daniel the most prominent figure of faith in the world. And I believe that we're in a window of time. You mark my words. We are at a pit stop right now, which is actually my next point, that we are at a, we are at a physical, spiritual pit stop that God is trying to get those of us that know him refueled, change the tires that are worn out, trying to get the chains relubricated, trying to get our minds realigned, and trying to get the churches structured and strategized so that when literally we resume the race, we resume the journey, that there's actually room enough in his, his movement, the bride, the Jesus, that Jesus is coming back for the church, that when the eyes of the world are awakened, there's room for them. You know, it's crazy right now. They're trying to get everyone to stay home. Why? Because they say if everyone went to the hospital at the same time, we wouldn't have enough this or enough that. 
And I believe that God, even right now, spiritually, he's trying to get his church. He's trying to get pastors and leaders. He's trying to get us thinking larger than our physical buildings. Because when our regions and our cities and our states and our nations become awakened spiritually, and we're infected not with a disease, but with a spirit, with the Holy Spirit, and we have this life that Jesus died to give us, I want you to know there's not enough seats in the buildings in the world today to actually seat the people that God is bringing in after we get out of this pit stop. Daniel went from nothing to to notoriety because how he responded in pits. Joseph went from nothing to notoriety because how he responded in a pit. Stays coming up on the keys. I I want I don't know who you are today, but I feel something in my spirit. Bishop Jake says, I'm gonna preach until my underwear wet. Come on, somebody. I want you to know that we serve a God that can actually make the lowest points of your life, the springboards that actually send you like a rocket into stratospheres that you can never take yourself. I want to prophetically declare over everyone watching today that God's favor is on you. The sheer evidence that you're, you're tuned in right now to this broadcast, that you've made it through 30 minutes of me rambling, is evidence that God's favor is on your life. It's on your family. It's on your business. You mark my words. There's not going to be any loss of life in your family. You take that to the bank. God, in Jesus' name, I pray no one watching this video, I don't care if you're infected with the virus. I don't care if you have terminal cancer right now. I pray anyone that's tuned in, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would heal the sick. I, I pray that you would raise people up that have, have, have terminal conditions that are, that are deathly sick. I pray right now the spirit of Jesus Christ to invade every living room. Every, 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 every space that you're in right now. I pray in Jesus' name, you're in the, you're in the hospital bed. You're in an ER room. You're in a, maybe the back of an ambulance. I don't know where you are. I believe in Jesus' name that his power, his virtue would begin to fill your body. We serve a God that elevates us out of pits. There is favor on your life. And I want you to know that God's favor will cause you to rise when everything else is sinking. How do you know? Because there was a guy named Noah who saved the world with a floating zoo. Noah wasn't a ship manufacturer. He didn't go to Harvard or Princeton to build ships. He didn't have a nautical nautical engineering degree. He was a simple man that knew God. But listen, it said he found favor in God's eyes. And when favor finds your life, I want you to know God's favor will come on you And he'll give you the ability to do things and to rise out of circumstances that you can never do on your own. I believe that God's favor will take you beyond your education. It'll take you beyond your experience, your training, your pedigree, your family. When God's favor invades his people, you mark my words, there's something in you that begins to rise when you should sink. I call it buoyant favor. And we're in a pit stop right now. And I want you to know this pit stop will come to a close. And the story of COVID-19 and stores with no toilet paper will be circulated in the days and years to come. But I want you to know that when we look back, will the story of your life and my life be, it was during that pit stop that I got more devoted to God, that I got more serious about my faith, that I got more intentional with my kids, teaching them the power and the presence of prayer, being devoted to Jesus. I'm worried today about a generation that believes in Jesus as a fan, and they welcome his grace, and they're grateful, but they never let his grace make them godly. 
I don't want a grace that just makes me grateful. I want a grace that makes me godly. And in this moment, I'm tell- I feel something in the room. That God is coming into your space right now. And listen, he'll, he'll leverage this pit if you let him. And cause you to begin to rise to prominence, to influence, to favor in ways that you could never. Listen, you can never do it on your own. I heard one man say that one moment with God's favor is better than an entire lifetime of your labor. God can take you further than you can take yourself. And I want to prophesy today that literally, listen, God is mobilizing pastors, churches, leaders, and Christians. And he's getting us ready. He's filling up our gas tanks. He's cleaning our windshields. He's getting rid of the addictions to the demonic things and and carnal things and perverted things and, and just like just immoral issues. God is making us like him in this window. He's cleaning the lens. He's filling our spirit. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to put new tires on us. He's going to get our engine tuned. Why? Because the days are coming that we're going to onboard. I see like a bus opening up its doors and literally welcoming family, friends, coworkers. Some of you watching this right now, you're like, Mark, I never would have gone to church before COVID-19. And here's my point is God's leveraging this pit to actually promote his cause and his love on the earth. You're watching because God loves you. And maybe you've never put your faith in Jesus. And here's the deal. Long before you were ever, ever proud to call God your father, God has always been proud to call you his son and his daughter. He sees you right now. He wants you right now. And I believe if you'll turn to him in this window of your life, you'll look back and say, you know what? I'm grateful. It was bad. It was awful. But I'm grateful that I went through what I did during COVID-19. Because it was in that moment that I realized life wasn't just about means. It was about meaning. Some of you have means, but you've never had meaning. I want you to know that money can never give you meaning. It can only express meaning. Today you're watching. God is knocking at the door of your heart. I feel something. I feel the Holy Spirit wanting me to encourage you today. That if you'll actually turn towards him, that he'll actually come towards you. I want to pray for you today as we get ready to wrap up. In regards to Palm Sunday, I believe this, that Jesus, he was betrayed by Judas. He was actually crucified by the religious sector of his day. And what we know is, is it was his lowest moment of his life that would actually become the greatest opportunity for humanity. People say, was it the Jews that put him on the cross? By the way, we're not in any way, we're not, um, we're not in any way anti-Jews. We are pro-Jerusalem. We're for the Jewish nation. I want you to know that it wasn't the Jews that put him on the cross. It wasn't the Romans that put Jesus on the cross. I'll tell you who put him on the cross. Jesus put himself on the cross. He is the only one. He says that I put my life down willingly, I can take it up again. No one else has power over Jesus, only Jesus. And you're watching this, you're like, man, it's it's Holy Week. We're getting ready for Easter next Sunday. And some of you are watching this, and and it's crazy because everyone in the day of Jesus, you know what they wanted him to do? They wanted him to be a physical, temporary king. But Jesus knew that if he stayed alive, and that's the deal. This is what's so funny about humanity. When, when when, When Jesus was giving them what they wanted, they gave him palm branches. But when Jesus gave them what they needed, they gave him the thorns. And I believe this, that, that Jesus knew we didn't need a temporary king. We needed an eternal savior. And that's why he was willing to put himself on a cross. 
In five days, they go from Hosanna to crucify him. Listen, you can go from a high place to a low place like that. It could change for you in 60 minutes. It could change for you in 12 hours. Pits can go from here to there in one minute. Jesus' pit lasted three days. But on the third day, we serve a God, listen, that will leverage pits and always use them for promotions. He did it for Joseph. He did it for Daniel. Guess what? He did it for our Lord, our Savior, Jesus. You're here today. I want you. I got good news. And we only have good news because there's bad news. Bad news is there's a lot of crazy things in the world. The good news is we have a God that lives inside of us. And when he's inside of us, we live unsinkable. I'm telling you, I don't care. Listen, I don't care. You take this to the bank. It doesn't matter what happens. Paul said, I'm, I'm convinced that neither height nor depth nor principalities nor powers nor things in creation, nothing in creation can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. It's in Christ Jesus. You're here today. You're watching this on, on, your, on your TVs, your screens. I want to pray for you right now that in this pit, God's going to bring the best out of us and fill us with his best. Can I pray for you right now? I pray in Jesus' name. I pray for the guy, for the girl, the man, the woman watching right now, that, Lord, right now you would fill them up, Holy Spirit, with a buoyant faith. I ask you that your favor, the favor that you put on Noah, the favor that you gave Esther to rise in a critical hour, the favor that you gave Joshua, that you said the whole world's going to know that I've endorsed you. I pray the favor that you put on Moses, the favor that rested on the early church, the favor that you gave Saul of Tarsus out of, out of being a criminal to becoming one of the greatest allies of the, of the, of the Christian's faith, faith movement. I ask you that your favor would rest on everyone that's watching today. I ask you that during this pit stop that we would not get negative, cynical, critical. I pray that we wouldn't live our lives during this time period criticizing the pit crew. We wouldn't throw rocks at the Judases. We wouldn't throw rocks at the brothers that put us in pits. We wouldn't throw rocks and scoff at, Lord, uh, the, the, the false accusations and the Potiphar's wives that are around us. Listen to me. God is using everything to your advantage. I pray right now that you would show them that in Jesus' name. You look at me. You probably are already. But I want you to know, listen, God needed someone that was ready to rule the world during the worst famine in the history of the earth. And he, he used a guy that had 13 years of humility. And you know what I, I realized is that literally, this is crazy, the sovereign providence of God. Joseph could have went to Harvard to become a great military general. He could have went to the Naval Academy, the Air Force Academy. But you know who God is? God would let him be a slave in not just any leader's house. He would let him be a slave in the greatest general in Pharaoh's military. He was privy to conversations, and he was privy to opportunities, listening to the internal workings of the military through Potiphar. That, now listen, you could have gone to the Naval Academy, or how about getting a first-hand education from the greatest general alive in the earth? Accident? Providence. How about getting thrown into a prison? He didn't get thrown into any prison. He got thrown into a political prison. And if you're getting ready to be the prime minister of a nation, the most powerful nation in the world, what better place to get a political education than actually being in a prison full of butlers, bakers, and government officials and hearing the inside track of what happens in that government? Listen, God's sovereignty can bend, I'll say it again, can bend 
what you think is terrible, God, you'll look back and go, man, if it wasn't through that hell, if it wasn't for that, that unjust circumstance, if it wasn't for that accusation, if it wasn't for that injustice, I never would have became what I've become. It prepared me for the role that I'm in today. You mark my words, church. We're going to lean into this season. We're going to say, God, this isn't going to kill us. The sickness is not unto death, but we're going to rise like the son of righteousness. Come on, with healing in our wings and his wings. Let me pray for you one more time. I pray for everyone watching that, Lord, your healing would go into the, those rooms right now. I pray if, if someone's infected with the virus, I ask you to heal. I pray for documented miracles of people that have positive results, maybe, that start having negative symptoms. I even pray, Lord, there's people right now that have been sick, 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 and I pray right now at this hour, 945, 1045, we're watching this at 6 o'clock at night, you're watching this on Tuesday, on Monday, on Friday, I pray at the moment they watch it, I ask you that your glory and your presence would fill their body. I'm asking right now for anyone that's watching that doesn't know you, God is knocking at the door of your heart. He's saying, if you let me in, you turn towards me. I don't like that word repenting. I'm, look, you know what repenting means? It means to change your mind. God says if you'll change your mind about him, he'll actually move into your life. He'll fill you with his spirit. And look, he'll make you not just grateful. He'll make you like him. He'll make you godly. You're watching. You want to get right with God. I want you to pray this prayer with me as we wrap up this morning. I want you to say, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for all of my past. I'm asking you to meet me in this present moment. I invite you to move inside of me, to heal me, forgive me, cleanse me, and fill me up, direct my steps from this day forward with your buoyant faith and with your buoyant favor. In Jesus' name. I believe if you prayed that prayer that you became a Christian. I want to encourage you to get a Bible. You can go on, the, you can go on your Bible, uh, your apps on your phone and download it for free, the Bible app. I would encourage you to get involved in a church. Right now, all digital churches, you can go to church anywhere. And I'd encourage you to meet some friends, make some friends. You can go to our Oceans Church website. Our small groups are starting next week. You can get plugged into a group through Zoom. We're making Zoom great again. And uh, you can get on our small groups. But listen, if you're joining, that's what I encourage you to do. For everybody else as we wrap up today, I want to just pray one last prayer. I pray for everyone that calls Oceans home and even those that are watching. I ask you that what's going on outside of us would not get inside of us. I ask you that, Lord, your greatest ideas of business, uh, of wisdom, I pray, I pray things that are beyond our education experience. I pray even like Noah, you'd give us blueprints to build after this is finished up. I pray that we would use this pit, leverage this pit to bring promotion in our life. Recharge us, refuel us, purify our minds and our hearts. God, we don't want to just be grateful. We want to be godly. Would you please bless our families? Would you prevent us from getting sick? Would you, would you, would you help us, Lord? You said if we honor our moms and our dads, that we live a long life. So we ask you that you give us not only long lives, but a lot of life in the life. We pray blessing over everyone watching today. And we just thank you that we have great days ahead. This too will pass. Help us to live in faith. In Jesus' name, we ask and we pray. And everyone said amen. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We love you guys. 
good days ahead. Go to oceanschurch.com for what's happening in our church. Stay connected on social media. I love you guys. Remember, we're doing social distancing, but it should be called physical distancing. Let's stay socially connected. I love you guys. Have a great week. Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com.